Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Confucius has a quote, you can tell the condition of a man's kingdom by the state in which you find the dance there. Today on the Indo-Daily, Irish dancing scandals from fesh fixing to sexual harassment. The world of Irish dancing has been left reeling from allegations of what is now known as fesh fixing. Twelve Irish dancing teachers and judges had been accused of basically fixing children's dance competitions. Now a court case involving two prominent dance instructors reveals a series of shocking sexual harassment and blackmail claims. Allegations of sexual harassment, explicit text messages, blackmail. It's uh, its a, a very kind of salacious and extraordinary uh, lawsuit. I'm Fiannon Sheehan, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'm joined by Ellen Coyne, special correspondent with the Irish Dependent, who broke the fesh-fixing scandal, and Shane Feenlan, legal affairs editor with the Irish Dependent, to examine the latest controversies to rock the Irish dancing world. Ellen, Irish dancing hit the headlines for all the wrong reasons with a saga known as Fesh Fixing. What was all that about? So a little over a year ago, it came to light that the world of Irish dancing had been hit by a cheating scandal. Uh, You know, Irish dancing was previously a sport that we would have presumed to be very innocent and innocuous. But last October in the Irish Independent, it emerged that initially 12 Irish dancing teachers and judges had been accused of basically fixing children's dance competitions by sending each other messages in advance, you know, marking out dancers saying, can you mark this girl up? Can you mark this guy up? Um, And then after that came to light, the scandal exploded, it went all over the world. And at the moment, there are at least 45 people um, accused of fetch fixing within an organisation called CLRG, which is the biggest and oldest Irish dancing organisation in the world. This is what we would we would see as the, the kind of the professional almost uh, Irish dancing circuit that isn't just restricted to Ireland, it's, it's a global phenomenon. Yeah, so like some people might know Irish dancing as something that um, a secondary school teacher does in their spare time in, you know, I, I don't know, a GA sports hall or something. This is like you're talking about the top tier, like the kind of dancers who would be going on to star in Riverdance, Lord of the Dance. It's hugely commercial, multi-billion euro global industry across America, Asia, Europe. Um, competitions where... 
people stand to win a lot, not in monetary terms, but in terms of glory. Um, and it wasn't even the kids themselves who were standing to win these trophies that were engaging in fetch fixing. It was their, it was the grown adults running their dancing schools who were uh, just trying to get as much glory for themselves as they possibly could. So they got into these kind of um, quid pro quo arrangements where they would like look after someone else's students. And then when that person was judging their students, they would kind of repay the favour. Um, and, you know, once the, the scandal first broke, a lot of people were taken aback by it. But people within the world of Irish dancing were not a bit surprised at all. And we soon learned that this um, this fesh fixing, though never proven, had been suspected to be going on for decades and decades and decades since yeah. before Riverdance. Irish dancing, an expression of culture and a popular entertainment form enjoyed by the huge diaspora around the world. However, allegations of cheating in return for alleged sexual favours have been brought to light. So these were in, in structures who had their own teaching schools and obviously your, your success of your school is based upon the reputation and, and the success that you attain in competition. So that's why there was there was a, a circle here that it was in, every, in their interest to, to keep their gold medal winning high. Exactly. And the thing about Irish dancing, like if you've ever seen it, at this level, it is spectacular. And the... the so this is the the big ringlet hair, the, oh, the, the, the very heavily embroidered crystal dresses. Crystal embellished dresses that cost you know, more than my wedding dress, that sort of stuff. But the the kids competing in this are so good that like the margins between them are incredibly thin. And judging in Irish dancing is actually very, very subjective. It's not, you know, there's no Hawkeye for Irish dancing. So because the margins were so thin, even though these kids were probably good enough to win on their own, their teachers just weren't willing to take the risk. Like they wanted those medals. They wanted those titles for their schools so that their schools could come become more successful and allegedly then be able to charge more for parents parents to, to send their kids there. What happened to all of those allegations? So for a long time, absolutely nothing. Um, for over a year, CLRG was kind of really struggling with the the global pressure that was on it. The fact that there was so much attention on this organisation that had been largely left to its own devices for decades. Um, the allegations first came to the CLRG last summer. They sat on them for a while. But over a year later, none of the disciplinary processes had actually started. And it's only in the last few weeks they've, they've started kind of holding these disciplinary processes. They had to bring in kind of external HR experts. They had to go through this kind of corporate governance restructuring. They got this big, shiny PR firm to kind of come in and help them navigate the crisis. So there hasn't actually been a lot that's happened yet. And I suppose the fear a lot of people would have is that even though they thought this scandal would be a reckoning for Irish dancing, that perhaps nothing might come of it at all, that there might be no reform. Yeah, so CLRG, uh, kind of an obscure version of the GAA, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Irish <laughs> origins, but yet has an international presence, yet completely under the radar. Yeah, and kind of like the GAA, it would kind of see itself as a custodian of culture. Like, obviously, Irish dancing is a sport. A lot of people would argue fairly, I think, that it's also an art form, but it's also like a major cultural export. And CLRG had kind of positioned themselves as like the custodians of this version of Irish heritage, um, which is probably why, you know, the government was not thrilled when this came out. But unfortunately, CLRG doesn't receive any public funding. So there's very little scope for politicians or Rochester committees or whatever to hold CLRG to account. Like at the moment, it kind of is a law unto itself. We're basically being told then that Irish dancing has, has cleaned up its act uh, in effect, but it became very legal, the entire process of engaging in, in disciplinary actions. 
Yeah, so the thing is, uh, when this first came out, originally there was only 12 people accused of cheating. That's swelled to, to, I think, over 45. Um, and those people, while they were under investigation, which we know has taken at least a year, they were suspended. So obviously they couldn't earn money anymore as dance teachers. You also stand to earn a lot of money as a judge. Um, some of those, the original 12, then uh, took to the High Court. They argued that CLRG, in its suspension of them, had been unfair. One of those teachers, Mandy Hennigan, was successful in her case and she successfully managed to get her suspension lifted, even though she was still facing a disciplinary investigation. She was no longer suspended and was able to go back to judging and teaching. Um, CLRG anticipated that it wouldn't be able to afford to fight the same case in court for all of the teachers that were suspended, so all of the suspensions were lifted. Where were they from, the actual people against whom these allegations were being made? Some people from Ireland, from the north, from the UK. There's a huge Irish dancing uh, presence in Scotland. A lot of people would have been from the US as well. I suppose from those of us who aren't really in this world of Irish dancing, it's important to appreciate it is very, very global but it's also very, very small. So people who would be like really top tier teachers in the US, they would know very well and be very familiar with some of the top schools that we have in Ireland. People who are top schools in Ireland be very familiar with people in Scotland because they see each other at the same competitions multiple times a year. So they would all have relationships with each other and that is how the alleged fesh fixing was able to happen. Um, People in one school kind of would owe a debt to another school in America and they would look after each other's students. There's also a lot of transfers. So a lot of students from Ireland might go over to the US, um, might help with choreography and then kind of go back. So even though Irish dancing covers the entire world, once you're actually in the world of Irish dancing, that can be quite small. Yeah, so uh, everything intertwined, uh, basically. So when when you're appearing at a, at a competition and your your kid is dancing, you, you look at the judging panel and go, oh, look, they're from the United States, Asia, the UK. This is an independent panel. But in fact, they could well be linked to other the teachers of the other competitor. Exactly, and that's something I should probably clarify. So all of the judges at Irish Irish dancing competitions are Irish dancing teachers. Obviously, you're not allowed to judge your own students, but if you become a very kind of like, uh, I don't know, professional teacher, well-regarded teacher, you can then qualify as a judge, as an adjudicator. So anyone who is judging an Irish dancing competition is probably currently an Irish dancing teacher themselves. And I suppose that is where the, the problem started. So a bit like a, a referee at a match being related to one of the players, exactly, ultimately, yeah. and, and, and unknown. So, Shane Phelan, we then see that things get even, even murkier. Uh, do we now have new allegations? Sexual harassment, uh, blackmail. Who's involved here and what's that about? Yeah, so the Irish dancing world has been reeling from the fesh fixing allegations for a number of months now and uh, I suppose just as it's trying to get to grips with that with these disciplinary hearings and so on we have news of a uh, rather explosive court case that's unfolding in uh, in New York. The main people involved in this are an instructor from Bristol by the name of Jamie Hodges. He would have had a very lucrative and successful dance instruction business called On The Move would have been involved in uh, providing instruction at various camps, not just in uh, his native England, but internationally, particularly in America. And uh, the other person involved is a lady called Megan McGough. She runs a very successful Irish dancing academy with uh, locations in New York, Pennsylvania, and Maryland. 
basically what is involved here are allegations of sexual harassment. You have explicit text messages, blackmail. It's uh, it's a, a very kind of salacious and extraordinary uh, lawsuit. So you have on the one side uh, Jamie Hodges. He is uh, he is sued. Megan McGough, he worked at her uh, dance academy in New York from 2018 on until uh, at some point last year. And uh, he was an instructor there. But he claims that he was pursued by Miss McGough for a sexual relationship, that she harassed him, wouldn't take no for an answer over a prolonged period of time. And I suppose what's curious here is he says that he almost put this alleged behavior to one side because he felt that his future as and his success in the world of Irish dancing, this small world, uh, uh, was kind of dependent on how he got on with her her, her school. On the other side of the, the lawsuit, Megan McGough has, has denied his allegations pretty vigorously and she's claiming that, hold on a second, I wasn't pursuing him, he was pursuing me. Um, so it's a very much a, a he said, she said uh, situation. Now Shane, uh Without going into explicit uh, details, can you can you tell us some of the incidents that are related in these court papers? Jamie Hodges tells in his complaint how he began teaching there in July 2018, and he had um, you know a wide range of of uh, responsibilities. He was giving individual lessons. He was uh, choreographing for for dance competitions and so on. He said that not long after this, uh, Megan McGough began to regularly sexual har- sexually harass him. A lot of this kind of revolves around what you can only describe as sexually explicit uh, WhatsApp messages, which he says were sent by Megan McGough. Um, these would have suggested various activities and uh, he, he would have claimed, I suppose, that he rebuffed her entreaties. Um, some of the stuff... You know we're not gonna we're not gonna get into the 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 the, the raw detail here, but uh, I suppose in terms of high level descriptions of, of of what was being said, there was basically demands for certain activities. Um, there was uh, allegedly photographs sent by Megan McGough uh, of herself naked and partially nude uh, with another woman. Jamie Hodges claims that you know at various points he confronted her about this claiming that she was getting out of control and uh, that she apologised for getting out of hand. But after these apologies, the behaviour would resume. And, you know, there, there's uh, one alleged incident that kind of detailed where she's supposedly hopped into bed beside him and, and tried to perform uh, a sexual act. And he claims he wasn't having any of this. He was trying to keep their relationship as professional as possible. This alleged activity this goes on over a period of a couple of years um, and all all the while he's you know hanging in there in terms of working for this business this is his account of things things came to a head in January of this year there was a, a another confrontation and according to him and uh, he says that she told him that if he was so uncomfortable that he should just leave and that uh, she terminated his employment so What he's actually suing for here are sexual harassment, retaliation. So he's claiming that once his, once her advances were rebuffed, that she retaliated by terminating his employment. He claims uh, that you know that he should be given damages for assault and battery, the inflection of emotional distress. Uh, Of course, 
as with most court cases, there's two sides to the story, and she flatly denies his claims. Likely to end up in court, or do you think it'll be settled outside, or what? Hard to know um, at this point. Um, I don't think any, uh, there's no indication of settlement or, or, or mediation talks at this stage. And important to point out, Ms. McGough is, is rejecting these allegations and defending herself. Completely, yeah. So, um, contacted her um, about this before uh, we uh, published details of the story and she said that she was vigorously defending the lawsuit and she's filed an answer to his complaint. She details all of the allegations he's made and says she denies them and that far from this being a situation where she was pursuing him for a sexual relationship she says that it was actually the other way around and that he seduced her. She claims, for example, that he's a serial litigant. Now, he has been involved in other court cases, so it is true that he has been in and out of court over time, but uh, people are entitled to go to court when there are disputes. She also claimed that he had pursued and engaged in numerous sexual relationships with prior colleagues for the purposes of his own professional advancement and pecuniary interest. I suppose most shockingly, uh, she claims that he attempted to blackmail her by attempting to induce her to leave her husband under the threat of this lawsuit. So very, very serious counter-allegations being made. So it, it's hard to know, I suppose, where the truth lies. But both sides are, are, are completely uh, on opposite sides of the spectrum here in terms of the, uh, the, the accounts they're giving. So that will remain within the, the New York court system and you'll be watching that with, with interest to see how it develops. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, uh, I spoke to, to Jamie Hodges about this uh, as well uh, as contacting uh, Megan McGough. And uh, interestingly, he said he'd never had any form of relationship there. So, so clearly he is pretty entrenched uh, in his uh, account of things and uh, getting this uh, uh, ironed out, you know, may well... Um, require uh, action before the courts. It depends on whether it gets that far or not. She's trying to have the case dismissed. She's various grounds for that. Some of them are technical and legal. Uh, uh, others go to the actual merits of the claims that uh, he's making and whether they're actually true or not. Now, Ellen, in an unrelated m- manner, Megan McGough's name was familiar to you already. Why? So uh, Megan McGough um, is one of the reasons the fish fixing allegations first came to light. So last summer, Megan was the person who emailed um, all of these screenshots to the CLRG saying, you know, I have evidence basically that people have been engaging in fish fixing, that people have been rigging our dance competitions. As I mentioned, those that we call them file was sitting in CLRG and they didn't seem to to do anything with it for a while. At some point, then somebody leaked that file publicly. Um, it is in black and white that you know the file came from Megan because in the the file that was released, her email address is is quite clearly there, corresponding with the ethics committee of the CLRG. Um, Megan, representatives for Megan had claimed that she was not the person to have leaked it publicly. I think the the argument that was put to me was if it was her, why would she have left her name and email on it? Wouldn't she have scrubbed that off? But um, we know that the only organisation that had that file was the CLRG. So why did somebody in the CLRG decide to leak it? Either way, it went public. 
Um, some people then kind of regarded Megan as a someone who had seen wrong in the world of Irish dancing and wanted to bring it right. But the Irish dancing world can be quite vicious and there's a lot of interpersonal dramas. And um, other people uh, really disliked Megan for what she did. And I think that there was pointed remarks about the small minority of teachers that were named in that file, you know, why were they named rather than other people? And um, it's been a source of a lot of acrimony in the world of Irish dancing since. But uh, yeah, she is somebody who has been closely associated with the with the fetch fixing scandal since it came to light because she was the first person to hand those screenshots over to the CLRG. What impact has all of this had on the reputation of the Irish dancing uh, community? Well, it's massively embarrassing and completely unedifying. At the heart of all this, you're talking about a children's dancing competition. Incredibly skilled, gifted children, but children nonetheless. And what you have here is a situation where adults have made themselves basically the custodians of these children's dreams. In often many cases, the custodians of their future's careers if they go on to be professional dancers or run dancing schools themselves. And I think that it is just incredibly embarrassing to see, you know, the plain, naked underbelly of Irish dancing. If you're talking about this professional, this competitive level of Irish dancing, you're often talking about children who spend more time with their Irish dancing teachers than they do with their own parents. Like the, the breach of trust there is unbelievable. And we now have so many kids who are looking at trophies on shelves in their bedroom walls wondering like, did I deserve that or did somebody rig that for me? You kind of have parents who are in an impossible position. If your child loves something, you don't have a hope of, of persuading them out of it or pushing them into another sport, no matter how much you'd want to. But I think you're also going to have a situation where some parents might be thinking twice about putting their kids into the world of Irish dancing altogether. Like, a, even apart from the fetch fixing thing, like Shane has done a lot of reporting on all of the different cases that have come out from some of the more litigious characters in the world of Irish dancing. And I just think that... You know, what used to be a fairly spectacular, well-regarded and beloved sport is not coming out of any of this in a good light. My thanks to Ellen Coyne and to Shane Phelan. I'm Fiona Sheehan and today's episode was produced by Gareth Mulhall, researched by Sylvia Omarodion and Dave Hanratty, with sound by John Smith. Archive clips from RTE and independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow, and leave us a review. <laughs>